You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, it's Mark Tuminelli, and welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway. There's no question my guest today grew up on Broadway, and I can't wait to dig into her story. She made her Broadway debut as Baby June opposite Bernadette Peters in Gypsy. Her other Broadway credits include Annie Who in the original cast of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Billy Elliot, and Matilda. She is an ACE-certified personal trainer, and she teaches young actors dance and fitness in New York and New Jersey area, and has taught numerous classes at my own program, Broadway Workshop. Her TV credits include NBC's Hairspray Live and Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge on NBC. Please welcome Heather TP. Hi, Heather. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I, You know that I love working with you, and you're one of my favorite people at Broadway Workshop. You are like <laughs> the most sparkly individual, so I can't wait to kind of dig in to your, your Broadway story. Yes. Oh, I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be back. It'll be back. So before we can talk about how it got started, I have to congratulate you on your wedding. You had a pandemic destination wedding in yes. November. How are you feeling? I'm so happy that it happened and now the stress is gone. (laughs) It's just so stressful, but it was worth it. It was worth the wait. I'm glad that I, we just kept pushing it until it finally. What was your original date? My original date was supposed to be April 19th, 20, well, 20, yeah, 2020. 2020. Okay. I don't even know what date is. Okay. So you had like, (laughs) you had a month to scramble, I guess. That's. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everything shut down. Yeah exactly a month before our wedding was supposed to happen. So (laughs) I was so upset and so stressed. And then we just kept pushing it like two months, two months, two months, just hoping because we couldn't get our money back. It was totally up to the venue. Yeah. We had to kind of do what they said. Oh my God. (laughs) As far as. Is a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. But it finally happened. And I'm happy that we at least just kept trying for Costa Rica and didn't say, okay, we're just going to not do that and eat the money. So it worked out. It was beautiful. It was perfect. And yeah. And now you're a married lady, Sadie, Sadie. And you married your Matilda yes. castmate. Um, and I don't know how you were able to, to find love during covering 9,000 tracks in Matilda, which we will talk about when we get to Matilda. <laughs> yes, it's a funny story. Um, okay. So let's go back to the beginning. What were you doing as a little kid that made your parents be like, we got to get this girl in dance class. We got to get her an agent. What was happening? 
Oh, I was an obnoxious little kid, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I would just sing and dance around the house all the time. I was obsessed with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I would wake everyone up in my house at like 6 a.m. when the parade doesn't start until 9 a.m. <laughs> to watch the performances because I wanted to do what they were doing on the screen. I didn't care about the floats. I only cared about the kids and the people up on the screen singing and dancing. So I was just very obnoxious. So my mom didn't really know what to do with me. So <laughs> she put me into beauty pageants. So, and I was obsessed with Annie. So as we in. all were, it's the, gate, it's the gateway drug of a Broadway kid. Go ahead. So obsessed so, with Annie. Naturally, she put me into beauty pageants to do the talent competition so that I can dress up as Annie and sing tomorrow. Did you wear a wig in the whole oh, nine yards? yes. Heather, nine, you're going to have to find that photo for me. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I have a little clip. My cousin actually just found a clip of me in the giant Annie wig and oh, like tea stained like undergarments to look like. And then? Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But yeah, from there, then, um, yeah, there was like always like weird little like events going on in the mall where there were like, I guess there were talent seeking, there were agents. And one day my mom was like, oh, let's go. Let's do that. You can go sing tomorrow in the talent competition in the mall. And that's how I got my first agent. Oh, my actually. God. Who was your first agent? Well. Oh, okay. Can we not talk about that? Actually, No, Shirley Grant technically okay. was my first agent. All right. There may have been someone before that that was like print, but I can't really remember. Okay. My first like real agent was Barry Kochler, who I was with awesome. from Gypsy all the way through Matilda. So. Oh, my God. So. You're, uh, what kind of things were you auditioning for when it first started? When I first started? Yeah. Um, definitely Ms. I remember that may have been one of my first ones and I was like baby, baby peanut. I like don't even really remember that. But Gypsy was like one of my first big auditions. I mean, actually, I guess it's like, I did The People Garden, which was I like- I little- mentioned The People Garden. <laughs> were you in it with, were, were, was Faith in it when you were in it? Yeah. Was she, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Yeah, and was of, Jess in it? Jess oh, yeah. Prado was I mean, in it too? Yeah. I mean, Jess and I grew up, Jess and I have known each other since we were two, three years old and we were duet partners at For Dancers Only. Oh, and we've been, yeah, we were tied at the hip. <laughs> what did you know about Gypsy going into that audition? You know, actually, I think I auditioned for Broadway Kids as I was auditioning for Gypsy at the same time. Right. And it was kind of like I couldn't get Broadway kids unless I kind of got Gypsy, although they wanted me for Broadway kids. But they're like, we only take people with Broadway credits, although they were maybe going to consider People Card in as, as a, a credit. Broadway credit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all I know is that everyone would say to me and my mom, oh my God, she'd make the perfect baby June. Oh my God, she'd make the perfect baby June. I didn't really know what that meant until I watched the movie and I was obsessed with the movie and then I became obsessed with Baby June. <laughs> no, wait, which went, movie were you obsessed with? The Rosalind Russell movie or the Bette Midler movie? Which one were you watching? Bette Midler. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Midler, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went in there and basically did the whole thing. The Chenet, Chenet, Chenet cartwheel and the split. And yeah, <laughs> from there, just callback after callback. And it was, you know. Yeah. Um, do you remember how many times you went in? I don't, but I know it was a, it was a, definitely a couple. It was a lot. I do remember the last day it was four of us. I know it was so long ago. It's very hard to remember. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to get, I'm going to pull those memories out today. Trust yes. me. Um, but do you remember when they told you you got it? Where were you? Who told you? Oh yeah. That I remember. 
I mean, everyone remembers that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, because I was in I was in third grade, and every single time the phone would ring in school, I'd like freak out because. <laughs> If it was my mom to pick me up, I knew that like maybe something good was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so one day the phone rang and she was like, oh, I'm just going to take you to lunch. We're going to go to Pizza Hut. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But okay. I'm like, is someone <laughs> <And> dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And But she told me that I got gypsy and I was, oh my God, just so excited, so happy. And then when she took me back to school, my entire class had decorated the entire the entire classroom with congratulations, oh, like just cute stuff. And we took lots of pictures and yeah. I love that, that story. Was the, that was probably the last time I had Pizza Hut. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I had Pizza Hut either. <laughs> I was like, does that still exist? But in the, in, I'm a little bit older than you. In the 80s, like 87, like nothing was cooler than going to Pizza Hut. Like it was oh, yeah. very, very cool. Um, okay, so we have the Pizza Cut Hut party. Um, you're you're going to be on Broadway. How are, how are your parents reacting to what their life was about to become? Were they just like thrilled? Sage parents, talk oh, to yeah. me about your parents. Oh, yeah. My mom would do anything for me. Like, she just, her goal in life was really to make me and my brother happy. And yeah. she was going through kind of a divorce. And my dad wasn't really in the picture. There was a lot of fighting and not so great stuff going on on that end. He was an alcoholic and all of that. But my mom kind of like put all that aside to kind of just focus on me and whatever I wanted to do, which was. Really amazing. She like yeah. gave up her life. She drove me into the city every single day. Somehow was still able to manage to work and support us and do. Everything. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! And I'm sure it was like the best possible distraction for you. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think for these theater kids, you have these big moments to have. You know, fifteen hundred people screaming for you. You know, at a curtain call can fill you in a way that. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I was happiest. Like. I was always happiest at the theater. I would say the, th the stage was my best friend. That was always what I used to say. Like I was a very shy kid after I was the obnoxious kid. But towards Gypsy, I kind of, I don't know, just being in and out of school and stuff, I kind of got very shy. And the only place that I wanted to be was on stage. Like that was my best. I always just said, that's my best friend. That's where I want to be. That's where I felt safe and comfortable, especially with a lot of the family stuff yeah. going on. I just, I wanted to be at the theater. I never didn't want to be, I didn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> what Did you know what a big deal this was of like playing this, you know, principal role in a Broadway show with Bernadette Peters? Like at what point did you realize, okay, this is a bigger deal than the pageant and the, you know, tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I probably didn't realize how big of a deal it was, but I mean, it was my dream to do what the little people on the TV screen were doing. And to me, I was living my dream, you know, at a very young age. But I don't think I really understood until a couple of years later when I was like, oh. That was a big deal. <laughs> that was a really big deal. <laughs> what did you know about Bernadette Peters going into it? Had you seen she, her in Annie? Oh, obviously. I knew that she was in Annie. Yes. And I was obsessed with her in Annie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about all I knew. <laughs> but then my mom made me watch a bunch, a couple other movies of hers. And I was like, oh, yeah, but still no Annie. <laughs> oh, no, of course. That's like the first thing I think of, too. Um, it's yes. all very similar. What do you remember about the rehearsal process, about now watching all these big stars, you know, these adults be brilliant in the rehearsal room and watching them work? What do you remember about that process? I was brought into rehearsal a single day by myself before anyone else. 
And it was kind of for Jerry Mitchell to kind of see what I can do, deciding if I was going to dance on point. We had like the newspaper boxes to see if you can do the slide and the split and a bunch of just, it was kind of like pre-pro. It was like a pre-pro to figure out what he was kind of going to do or what I could do. Mm-hmm. And we started, the kids started actually 18 years from yesterday. Oh, <laughs> I got that text yesterday. <laughs> but we started rehearsal a couple weeks after the adults had started. So basically Jerry had set the entire, like our part on the adults. And then we kind of learned it from them with Jerry and such. But yeah, all I remember is, you know, doing our thing in the audition room, going back to tutoring. I had like a snack cabinet (laughs) and I had my ginger ale and pretzels and I hated being in tutoring. And all I wanted to do was be in rehearsal. Of course. (laughs) Um, when you were actually like putting the show together and getting to, you know, be on stage and you're teching on Broadway, do you remember being like, this is, this is going to be the biggest moment ever? Like what's going through your, how old are you? Nine? Are you eight? Yeah. How old are you? Then? I was, I had just turned 10. Okay. So at 10 years old, like getting, moving into the theater, what do you remember about that experience? I, I mean, I don't know. I just remember it being home. Like the Schubert Theater is just You mean home. you have spent so much time at the Schubert Theater? Which <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> they should put a little plaque next to the chorus line plaque. Should it's be definitely the my favorite TV place. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I got engaged. Sure, I don't know if yeah. you knew that. Oh my God. That's amazing. We're, <laughs> we're going to get to that story. Um, okay. So uh, during the process of, of Gypsy, it felt like this was a new, newly directed production of Gypsy. You know, it had not been done before. It wasn't a remount of, you know, Arthur Lawrence's Gypsy. Do you remember anything about working with Sam Mendes about how he was creating this show? I mean, I just remember like, we loved Sam. He was so good to us. And he was married to Kate Winslet at the time. And she was just awesome. Her and her, like, her and her little girl would come to rehearsals. And I remember, I think her name was Emma. And she would come and she would do, like, she would do my part. And she'd say, hi, my name is Emma. And she, <laughs> she was just adorable. I was like, oh, I was obsessed with her. And I just remember them being so awesome. And just, like, us in tech, we'd be on stage. And he's just, like, talking to us, like, you know, as they're doing the lighting. And we're just, like, kind of chilling. He was just I don't know. Like I actually couldn't see the other gyp- the gypsy after ours mm-hmm. because I know that people hated ours and I just was I just loved it. I loved, I loved everything yours, that so I'm on team Bernadette um <laughs> for reasons, but um I I really I, I thought that show was astounding and I also love I'm a huge gypsy fan. But what um there was like some drama during that gypsy, partly because some people didn't weren't into Bernadette in the role and she was sick a lot and there was like yeah, some bad very sick. What do you remember about her being out and what that was kind of causing for the show? I remember her always having a Ricola in her mouth. Like always, always, always had a Ricola in her mouth. Um, I She really wasn't out that much. It was during like previews and people were like afraid that she wasn't going to be there for opening. And I think it was just like all the pressure because she she's just, she's this nice person and she was daintier than I guess everyone else who's played Rose. But I don't know. I personally love her rose, but of course I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Was she as a she was a you know a child actor as well. Did she like you know impart any wisdom to you? Was there? Oh yeah, was I was there, always yeah. obsessed. I was obsessed with the fact that she played Dainty June, 
that was like one of the first shows that she had ever done. She played Dainty June. I think it was on like a touring production or something like that, but she would always say that and tell us that she played. She was the Dainty understudy, June. but I think it's Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, exactly. But she would always say, yes, I played Dainty June. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. I remember once I went to see Maureen Moore was going on. I worked in like ticketing then, so I could, you know, kind of see things all the time. And uh, Maureen was amazing too. I mean, I thought that oh, production yeah, she was, was amazing. How different was the show when she would go on? Do you remember that? I don't remember it being different. It was for me, I was just like, I'm still doing my show. I have a different mom and it's all good. <laughs> How were the kids in that production? Did they get along very well? I mean, it's tricky because oh, yeah. there's so much downtime. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got along very well. Like, it was just playtime. We had all sorts of games. We were crazy, actually. <laughs> we were very crazy. We like, on our downtime, we would like tie all of our clothes together to make like a giant rope. And we'd play like Tarzan in the dressing room. Like, yeah, in the tiny Schubert theater. <laughs> and like, I would climb, we'd climb everything, all of the dressing room, like on the shelves and play all sorts of cat and mouse. Lava, the floor is lava. We were, we had a lot of fun. And you did, but yeah, we were all very close. You did that full run, four hundred eighty-four performances, correct? Yes, <laughs> I didn't miss a show until we found out that we were closing, and I did call out finally so that I can go to, I think it was, it was to go to a dance competition so that I could maybe win so I can go to nationals. Basically, it's when the show was closed. So did you, how many did you miss? One. <laughs> I, I think it ended up being a little bit more than one. Yeah. But it was like not a lot. I was did, very obsessed with not missing a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, my what did you learn about? Hated me. Actually, I know they hated me for hated, not calling. Yeah, they, hated, they hated you. <laughs> <laughs> so, doing a show, a kid who's like only done one or two performances of things, you know, People Garden ran for a while, but to do 480, let's say 480 performances of Gypsy, what did you learn about the stamina of Broadway and being a kid and having this huge kind of role? I mean, I learned that I didn't want to miss ever. <laughs> but actually what I learned was it's okay to miss. And sometimes you need to take off and your body needs to recover. I remember specifically every kid was sick, like very, very sick. I wasn't sick. I was fine. But every other kid was like coming down with a cold. And so, you know, we're really only in the first 20 minutes of the show. So then we spend the next like two and a half hours doing nothing backstage until we bow. Yeah. And stage management, they want to send us all home after our 20 minutes, which they never do. But because everyone was sick, they're like, everyone needs to go home and rest. And I was so upset, just like crying, like would not, did not want to go home. I just didn't want to go home. I wanted to take my bow. You're like, I'm fine. Get rid of these sick kids. Quarantine yeah. ones. Um, exactly. <laughs> such a cool experience. Do you remember anything specifically about opening night? Opening night. Oh, uh, such a weird memory. I remember, <laughs> well, the show happened that I don't really remember that much of, but uh, the party, I remember like being in the line, you know, the paparazzi line and me and Addie who played uh, Baby Louise, Baby Louise she, the two of us like got pulled aside to take pictures and there were so many flashes, just constant flash, 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 flash. I was still wearing my eyelashes from the show where I couldn't keep my eyes open and they were just tearing and the eyelashes just fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that memory has always stuck out to me, but I mean, no, I remember that, that, that party was moment. awesome. Like I still, every, you know, every opening 
I've always compared to Gypsy from what I kind of remember. I just remember it being in this giant ballroom. I remember it having a glass ceiling. I don't know if I've made that up or if that was like real, but I just remember dancing all night long and we were there until the reviews came out. Like that doesn't really happen anymore, but like we were there until the reviews came out the next morning. <laughs> were you like scouring to see where we mentioned Heather TV? <laughs> oh no. I just remember them like talking about it and I didn't even know like what that meant, yeah. but I was like, oh, the reviews are how I don't even remember if they were good or bad or I think they was all mixed, but <laughs> I was just like happy to be dancing and and like having like what's great about being a kid in the business is like you don't have to worry so much about the business you can just do the job which i'm sure you know has never happened to you again where you weren't like hey i see a lot of empty seats this is not good for us you know that oh yeah no i never saw the audience like i it was even still like i'm not one of those performers where i can see the first couple rows and like can see people reacting i just i just don't i don't even look at them i just darkness. I just listen. I listen to it. I don't look for it. Well, you were the cutest little baby Jew. And I found my, my gypsy souvenir (laughs) program and like, just seeing your, like, you're, you're just sparkling. Like you look like you are legitimately having the time of your life. And it is so, it is so fun to see a kid have that kind of moment. Oh yes. I totally had the time of my life. (laughs) How hard was it to walk away from that when they were like, okay, Sunday matinee, that's it. Uh, Oh, it was so upsetting. I mean, that's another memory that kind of sticks out to me is I remember the stage was like bows had ended and I just like stood on the stage and just like looked out into the audience and just wanted to do like one more last bow as I just like cried to myself. It's <laughs> like, this could be it. But it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. I did do it again after Matilda. And then I was like, this might actually be it. <laughs> It's not it. It's not it. You're coming back. Okay. So did you have to go back? You had to go back to, you were always in school while you were doing the show, but now you didn't have this sort of night savior, you know, to, to, what were you doing to fill your time between Gypsy and Grinch, which was uh, like two years later, right? Yeah, I think it it was, it might've been a little bit longer, but I just went back to normal school and I went back to competitive dance. So my nights were filled in the dance studio, like it was before Gypsy. So I, I mean, I went back to like my normal life, which I guess wasn't that normal, but school during the day, dance all night, auditions when they pop up. And then actually it was shortly after Gypsy that I did Ruthless down in Sarasota, which that kind of started. I mean, the talks of that was happening at the end of Gypsy Mm -hmm. because Marvin Laird, he wrote the music and he was our conductor and him and his partner who wrote the book. Joel, who's the best guy. They're the greatest guys. They're the best. But they wanted to do a production, the two of them, they thought this would be their last production that they were putting on, and Marvin wanted me to do it. So I like went to their house, sang through a lot of the music, and then they brought me down to Sarasota, um, it was Florida Studio Theater, to do the production where Joel was directing, and Marvin was playing, and it was, honestly, that was probably like one of the most amazing experiences of my life, like... It is getting the, to do that show with them. Absolute best written role for a kid that has ever been written. Like it's better than until it's better than any child role because oh, there's so yeah. many colors. There's so much to do. And just to be a devious child is very. Oh, it was amazing. It was like by far probably my dream role that I got to do. Oh my God. It's so and, cool. We can do like an all adult production. I'll bring you in. We'll figure it out. Oh, well, cause that was the thing. I, a lot of the times they do. 
yeah. do the production with a small adult. So part of me, I've always been like, still, I'm like, I would love to do that but somewhere. I can totally still do it. We're sending it out. <laughs> okay. So tell me about booking Grinch, which was your next Broadway show, the original cast of Grinch, when it was uh, at whatever the Ford Center was called then, Hilton Theater, whatever. It's, it's the lyric now. It was the, we. I go through this every week on this podcast, every time we talk about the Grinch. What? <laughs> so this is big Broadway production of the Grinch. Um at whatever theater ragtime was at. <laughs> yes. No, it was the Hilton Theater when we did it. Grinch, I was actually, I was a part of the workshop. So Grinch was only happening uh, in San Diego at the Old Globe. And they were trying to bring it here to Broadway. So it was some of the same creative team. And we were doing a workshop, or they were doing a workshop. And I auditioned for the workshop. I remember the audition process was actually like quite grueling. We had to do like a monologue from Dr. Seuss and had to, you know, sing and the whole dance process. And I ended up booking that. And it was back when workshops were like real good where you got a percentage. <laughs> yes, it was all, you know, like good old days. And, but yeah, I did that and I originated Anywho. Like they took like our little talents and like created that into our roles. Like I baton twirled from Gypsy. So Annie Who had these batons with little bells at the end in Watch Who, which that's like what I brought. And it's actually still in the show today. Amazing. Um, like Eamon Foley was obsessed with scootering. He had his scooter everywhere. So there was a scooter in it. <laughs> um, there was a couple of those that we all had like our little things that they kept and that we got to create, which was really cool. But from there, we had first right of refusal from the workshop for when it came because it was planning on coming the next the next year. So we ended up being the red cast and they hired another cast, which was the white cast, to come in. And then we had like our, you know, the split schedules. And we were the opening night cast, but we didn't unfortunately get to do the Thanksgiving. I was just gonna ask if we got to do the parade. Yeah. Uh, were you like, but this is my dream? I know. I was like, screw opening night, I want to do the parade. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god. I, actually, I did not get to do the parade until I did not get to do the live parade until Matilda. Oh and that's god. the only time that I've done it live at Macy's. I've so done you, like other recordings. Yeah, because they do like that CBS thing where they record it the week yeah. before. Um yeah. the yeah, that one's always so strange. And so it's like the girls from Fiddler at the Statue of Liberty. I was like singing matchmaker. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you do Grinch for two years on Broadway because the first year was at the Hilton. The second year it came back and was at the St. James. Um, yes. It's so nice to have that little built-in job, you know, as a kid, be like going back oh. to Broadway next winter. Uh, well, actually for half, most of the kids, actually all, almost all of the original kids that did the workshop were not asked back the second oh. year. There was only th three you or four You and Jess Prado and- Me, Jess, and Eamon. Yeah were the only ones I think from the workshop that were asked back the second year on Broadway. There were other people from the first year. There were actually a lot of people were asked back from the first year to the second year, but I think we we're the only three from the workshop that, the, the and we were all swings that hired us as swings the, the, the next year. second year on Broadway, yeah. How, which I yeah. was so excited about because all I wanted to do was be there all the time. And the swings the first year were allowed to be at every single show. And, but a, of course, the swings the second year were not allowed to be at every you only single show. Swang, swang. You only swung um, the cat one cast. Is that how it worked? Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you learn about swinging, which is going to really become a big, huge part of your the next part of your career during grid? Oh, really? It's funny. Yeah, it's funny because year one, I was a principal technically, 
but I really want to swing. That's when I kind of started to understand like what swinging was. And I thought it was really cool to have that much responsibility and to kind of get to know everything and get to do multiple things rather than just kind of doing the same thing all the time. And my best friend in the show was the swing. And I was just like, I just thought it was so cool what she was doing and that she got to be there all the time and was just like a big, I felt like she was a bigger part of the show than I was just because there was so much more responsibility with what she was doing, even though I was a principal, like, (laughs) you know, but so I was like so excited and so grateful to be a swing the second year. And yeah, I mean, I think I was a terrible swing at that age. Because no one taught me what to do. It was just like, do it. Thankfully, I knew the show inside and out. So it wasn't that hard. But I remember like I taught myself, I just made note cards and I mapped everything out myself at 12 or 13 and figured it out. I went on for multiple roles. But yeah. Very impressive. Heather, we have to talk about Billy Elliot and we have to talk about Matilda and Hairspray Live and you being like the queen of fitness. So we're going to take a little <laughs> tiny break and come back with Heather TP. Sounds good. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're back with Heather TP. We were just talking about how she became a super swing on uh, the second year of The Grinch, uh, which will come back into your life a little bit later now, you mentioned you weren't such a great swing on that, but you started to get pretty good. You figured out your mapping and all of that, which I'm sure came in handy for your next job, which was Billy Elliot on Broadway. Yes. <laughs> and that was the first time you joined a cast that was not an original cast, right? Yes, which is so challenging. <laughs> yes. And were you swinging all the all the girls? Was that your original job there? Yeah, I swung all of the ballet girls, and then I eventually started swinging some of the adult women. <laughs> and how old were you then? <laughs> I was older. I was 17. Okay. But you understand like when I was 17, I was like cutting school and going to IHOP and you were 17 and you're like, I was swinging most of the adults and some of the kids. Like, you know that that is like not, it's amazing, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, I think between Grinch and Billy was like my longest time being normal Yeah. and being in real school. Were you doing any of your school shows or anything like that? Oh yeah. I did. Jess and I did all of our school shows. We did... Um, Cabaret, The Producers, Death of a Salesman. <laughs> that is something I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a couple. Um, all right, that's cool. Is it so weird to do your school show when you're like a legitimate Broadway star? <laughs> I mean, our school, I think, was like immune to it because there was three of us in the same class that all did Grinch and it was like working pretty consistently growing up. Got so it. it was just like, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> they were like, so like not faced by it, which was actually probably better and awesome. Cause we just, 
you know, we're normal. Yeah. We're just like everyone else. Did you think you would book Billy Elliot while you were that sort of in high school and at 17? I mean, it seems like a hard sell. Absolutely not. Because I was in I was in auditions for it for the original cast and did the whole audition process, which was so brutal, going in and out a thousand times. There was so many, so many girls. And they made us wait a good six months from our final audition to telling anyone that they got it. And I remember I would sit in school every day, listen to that phone ring and freak out because I knew that my mom would come and pick or call me and tell me if I, if she found out anything. So like I couldn't be in school. I was just like an anxiety ridden, like kid listening to the phone every day. (laughs) But like six months later, the call finally went out because I had a bunch of friends. It was a bunch of us that were in that final callback. So we all agreed we'd tell each other if anyone knew if they've heard anything. And I remember that day that it came out that a couple of people got calls and I didn't. I was absolutely devastated. Yeah, just I'm devastated for so, you right now. <laughs> so upset. Just cried and cried and cried for hours. And uh, it was terrible. But It was the fact like waiting so long. And then when it finally came out, I was like, but, but yeah, I still went in for it. They would call me back every time that someone was leaving or something was going on and they'd call me back. Cause basically I was in finals for the swing track and for Tina Harmer, which was Mm -hmm. like the ballerina track. And my best friend Marina ended up getting uh, the Tina track and they ended up hiring a 23 year old to play, the, to be the swing. So I said, I was 17, I was 16 or 17. I think I was 16 at that point at the original audition phase. So I was like, Oh, well maybe, maybe if she leaves, like maybe. So I always went back in and yeah, I was in French woods. The last time I auditioned, I was in camp at French woods and they're like, we have an immediate re- replacement. Please come. And I was like, I've been in a thousand times. Yeah, at this point, it's like, well, how many more times do you want to say no to me? Exactly. I was like, yeah. I don't want to leave summer camp when you've seen me a thousand times. But because it's immediate, like, okay, fine, I'll go. I went. I did not get it. And I was just like, okay, done. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never again. And then a good, like, couple months later, it was like, a, that was summer. That was probably, like, August. Next April, I got a random call. Just you booked Billy Elliot. It's like what? I haven't auditioned in like six months. It's is this a joke? Is this? It was like around April Fool's. So I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? Like you're joking. That's not nice. Like I haven't been in so long. And there, my agent was like, no. He called me personally then instead of calling my mom. I was like, it's real. Like you got it. You're gonna be the swing. And I was like, just so excited. But what's funny is I ended up had just booking. One Life to Live, they were doing this big prom series. And I was like, that was like the first thing that I've gotten in a very long time. And of course, Billy interfered with prom, this thing. And it was like a whole issue that eventually got worked out. But I was like, of course, this is how things always happen. When it rains, it pours. But And how long did you out. do Billy Elliot for? I did the rest of the run. So it was wow. like two years. And so were, that was when you were probably deciding about going to college and things like that? Oh, Yeah. That was when I finally when I booked Billy at seventeen. I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna ride this out." <laughs> Smart move. The next Broadway show you do has more rehearsal than any Broadway show of all any times. Well, yeah, but is, remember it's the same creative team. Oh, there we go. That's right. <laughs> um, did you book Matilda while you were doing Billy Billy Elliot? Did you know that that was going to be next for you? Oh no, not at all. Okay. I think 
there was a good year in between. I remember like at the end of Billy, they were talking about Matilda. It was the same creative team. And everyone was like, oh, like so excited about it. And I was like, so terrified. I was like, what are the chances that you'd book both? Like I felt like because I did one, I would they wouldn't want me to do the other one, especially because I wasn't like of my journey into Billy. Mm-hmm. I just like didn't have the confidence of, oh, I'll definitely be in Matilda. Like def- I was not there at all. And I was actually planning on moving to California. Me and my best friend Marina, who was in Billy with me, the two she was going to college, she was going to school in California. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to school. Maybe I'll try LA. Let's I'll drive with you. Let's drive out. We can live together. And I'm gonna try the TV film thing. And of course, <laughs> the second that we parked the car in the driveway, I get a text from actually the choreographer of the Grinch saying we're doing the Grinch at Madison Square Garden. We're using small adults. Would you be interested in playing? I don't even remember. I, I don't even remember who he said I would be playing, but just being in the show. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so caught off guard. I had no idea that that was happening. And I was like, okay, you know what? Sure, I'll come back for Christmas. I'll be home with my family. It would be really cool to get to do Grinch again as now a young adult. And so I drove back to the Grinch. And when I was back doing the Grinch, I was in callbacks for Matilda. And I was actually doing Grinch. They were in, it was in Chelsea Studios and they were on the same floor. Grinch was rehearsing on one side and Matilda was auditioning on the other side. And it so happened. I was like, you know, it's my final callback. And they're like, of course, go. You have to go. Like they let me like miss a day of Grinch rehearsal to go to final callbacks for Matilda, which was fine because it was on the same floor. Like it was totally wild really and I was in rehearsal I was in callbacks all day for Matilda and I actually ended up finding out in the room that I got it and that I was going to have to leave Grinch (laughs) to start rehearsal for Matilda and I couldn't tell anyone yet though at the time so I like wrote out the audition process and was like ah and then I was hoping that I would be able to finish Grinch and rehearse for uh, Matilda at the same time but they Grinch was like, no, just we'll find just someone go. else. Yeah, just go enjoy that. <laughs> just so. carry on. <laughs> um, tell me about uh, working on this original cast of Matilda, how exciting that must have been to be in the rehearsal room with those creatives and be, you know, part of that original cast as knowing that you were going to have to probably play every single part on that stage at some point. Well, when I was hired, they kind of said, I was a small adult swing. They kind of didn't really know what they wanted to do with me. They just knew for sure I was going to cover all the kids. I was going to be an adult who covered all the kids. And then I really wanted to cover the adults because I had never really played a true adult on stage. So I was like obsessed with getting to do that, which at first, can you hear me? Yeah, which you're at good. First, which at first they were like, yeah, you're going to cover everything, but your priority is the kids. And I was like, cool. And then halfway through the audition process, they were like, you know what? We can't really afford to get you costumes to swing the adults. So like, you're only doing the kids. And I was like, so upset because I wanted to cover everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I had learned everything because I was just in the room all the time. I was teaching myself the entire show. Like I was treating it like I was going to be the dance captain just because I wanted to know the entire show. So then halfway through, I think it was actually during tech, they're like, you know what? You're going to cover the adults. So eventually, then I did get to take on all that responsibility, which is what I wanted. <laughs> They're like, we'll but, find some costumes for you somewhere. Don't worry. Yes. About it. 
Yes. Um, what is your most memorable night of doing that show? Because, you know, we were working with you a lot at Broadway Workshop while you were doing Matilda. And I remember you constantly being like, I'm on for six people today. Like you just had the most wild uh, experience with that show. What is your most memorable uh, night that you can remember other than getting engaged? Oh, I mean, I have so many memories of like just crazy throw-ons. I And I love that. That's like what I live for. I think one of the funniest ones was during Miracle, the opening number. It's like a 10-minute number. And halfway through it, stage manager was like, Heather, you're going to be on for Bruce. And I was like, okay. I start getting dressed. And then over the intercom again, they're like, never mind. He's fine. And I was like, okay. I go back into my street clothes. And then it's the end of the number. There's a big set move that needs to be done. The table needs to be pushed on. And if it doesn't get pushed on, you know, Matilda's not going to be able to get revealed. So in over the intercom, Heather to stage left right now, right now. I was like, okay, run down. And they're like, Bruce's nose is still bleeding. You need to just push on the table, go on stage. (laughs) So I went on stage in my full street attire, just like sweatpants, glasses, cut off tank. And uh, thankfully it was miracle. So everyone's in crazy costumes, but yeah, I pretty much finished the number. Just like, me. As, as Heather on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Uh, tell me about the challenge of working with all of those kids. I mean, I know you were a Broadway kid in that same theater, but now there are, you know, these fifteen other kids, and you're not, you know, you're not really part of that group, and you're like on the young end. What was what was it like working with all I mean, of those? I children? loved working with the kids. Like, I was very, very, very close to the original cast. Like the original kids, I pretty much hung out in their dressing room like all the time. I was also like best friends with all the Wranglers. So like I didn't spend much time in my dressing room. I was just like always in the kids' room, <laughs> just hanging out. And then eventually I became a dance captain. I was in charge of the kids, which was also just a whole nother experience. But I loved that because I just understood so much what they did and what they were going through. And I just loved teaching them. That was actually probably one of my favorite parts of Matilda is getting to train and teach new kids, put new kids into the show towards the final stages of Matilda. Tell me about meeting your husband working on that show. Your husband. Is that so weird? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is weird. I hated him. Did you know that? (laughs) I mean, I read it on your wedding website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hated him. He was a vacation swing. I was very, like, I was always very close with the male swings and- Yurel Escotesorado was like our vacation swing and he was leaving to go do another show. And I was like so devastated. And then they brought in Scott and I was like, oh, just, (laughs) he was just an overachiever. He was just like so working so hard all the time and trying to like make himself known. And I was like, just not, I was just not having it. And we had to sing backstage every night. So I was forced to sing, stand next to him and sing next to him every single night. And so I was forced to talk to him, which eventually turned into like good conversations, but I still was just like, just annoyed by him just for no reason. I think probably because I liked him, (laughs) (laughs) but over time, yeah, we just started getting to know each other. And then he finally, he became a full-time swing. So I was like really stuck with him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to be your friend now. So, and it was actually Celia, who was the other adult swing, who was like, "Mm, are you sure you don't like him? Like, you're talking to him a lot, and you guys are, like, starting to be flirty. And I was like, "Mm, no. (laughs) 
you're wrong. And then we're just British school moment, children. Yeah, from that moment is when like things started to escalate, and I was like, okay, fine, Celia, you were right. <laughs> but, oh my god, I love it. And uh, and he proposed to you like at the show. Well, no, no, well. No, we the theater, were not yeah, so we hid that we were dating for a very long time because we didn't want the kids to know because we knew that they'd make like a huge, huge deal of it. And then, of course, they just caught on because I think it was the second it was the second time that we were doing the parade and we were recording it and we were like all in the van together. And they're like, why are you guys sitting next to each other? Why are you guys texting each other back and forth? Why are you doing that? Like just all the questions of why are you guys together? I thought you didn't like him. I thought you didn't like him. Like, I thought you hated Scott. Why are you guys next to each other? And so eventually they figured out one of the kids figured it out and I was like, yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. And they're like, ah, just obsessed. So they called us, they made up a name for us. It was my last name's Teepee. His last name's Difford. So they called us the Diffies and they were obsessed with our relationship. And so, but you know, but Matilda closed and we were just still dating. And then I think like two years later, it was only last, it was August, 2019 that he proposed. So it was pretty recent. And I was going to a concert with some Matilda people. And he, Scott was like, we need to stop at the Schubert Theater. Leon, who works the stage door, who like fixes our bikes for us. Okay. like, I need to go see Leon. I have to pick up a part from my bike. And I was like, you must be kidding. We have to walk all the way to the Schubert when we're trying to go back to the river. Like, that makes no sense. Why are we, why are we going there? And he was like, I just need to get it. I need to get this thing. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. We'll go to the Schubert. I haven't been there in forever. Maybe I'll go look at my old dressing room because I have a time capsule in the Schubert Theater. I don't know if you know about. Yes, we're going to – that's my next question. Go ahead. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I see Leon. And I was like, oh, I haven't been here in forever. There was no show there. And I was like, oh, I want to go see my my dressing room. And he was like, okay. I was like, do you know if my time capsule's still there? And he was like, I don't know. Let's go look. So we went all the way upstairs. And I, like, pulled over the – opened up the carpet. And it was still there. And I was, like, so happy and, like, sad. and. Uh, and then Scott was like gone. I was like, where did he go? He didn't want to see my time capsule. And then Leon's like looking for Scott. He's like, Scott, Scott, where are you? And Scott or Leon opens the door to Scott on his knee to propose. <laughs> oh my God. I love that story. It is so yeah. sweet. Okay. So at the Schubert, I know the kids right on the, underneath the dressing room tables, mm-hmm. but, um, and I'm sure it was so crazy to come back and be like, that's my gypsy. Like, this is my room. Tell me about the time capsule. And then we have to hit two more things. Yes. So gypsy closing night of gypsy, or it may not have been closing, but sometime during gypsy, all the kids in our dressing room, we decided we wanted to leave a time capsule. We actually left like multiple little time capsules, but the main one was the rug, the corner of the rug was able to flip up. So we left a note and we left a picture and like a couple other like weird little gadgets. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah <laughs> all right well weird gadgets if you can find it <laughs> oh I do have a picture of it I totally have a picture of the time capsule but we left it there and I never really went back to it since until Matilda the first day into the theater the first thing I did was I ran up to that dressing room to see if it was there and it was still there oh. so it had lasted like 10 years now it's been 18 which I'm, I don't actually know if it's still there all right really we're just gonna say it's still there um, exactly. You just have to rip the like. It's actually glued down now, so you'd have to like rip up the whole rug to see if it's there. Well, listen, you're always at the Schubert Theater. They're gonna. They're. I told you, we're getting a plaque for you. Um, <laughs> I want to talk quickly about Hairspray Live, which was yes. so much fun. How scary is it doing those live musical 
NBC musical movies. Oh, it is so bizarre. Really one of the craziest things because you can't hear the show going on. It's like <laughs> what we're am I driving doing? golf court carts. We have like 30 seconds to make our entrance and I have no idea where we are in the music. <laughs> Here we <laughs> <God>. are. <laughs> I mean, it's actually the ultimate like swing. It's a great first swing. It's like just has to go with it no matter what is oh, happening. Yeah. It was wild. It was awesome. I mean, for me, the hardest part of it was a lot of it. We didn't have an audience. And so that's just weird to me. Yeah. But besides that, it was, it was just a crazy experience. It was awesome. The, li- the so you- actual live taping was just like, I have no idea what's going on, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> oh my God. It was really fun to watch. And it's so fun to see you. I was like, she's the best. Okay. <laughs> so you have the wildest kind of coolest fitness journey. You are like, Rock, like built like a brick. You are so fit and I'm very jealous. And you were on TV a couple of years ago doing this Spartan team challenge with all these Broadway people. How did that happen? How did that come to your, how did this fitness journey like kick off for you? Yeah. I mean, I've always been obsessed with fitness. <clears throat> when I was a kid, when we had to like write a research paper on what you wanted to be when you grew up, if I wasn't allowed, to, I wasn't allowed to do theater. So it had to be like, you know, they wouldn't let me do theater. Okay. So, so I said, okay, I'll be a personal trainer. That's what I'll do when I'm not working. <laughs> that was like my thing as a kid. And so that's always been in the back of my head. And Scott was always a trainer. So at the end of Matilda, he helped me get my certification. And I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Once the show closes, like I'm going to try and pursue this. And I was lucky. I ended up getting a job at Orange Theory Fitness. And I've been working there now since basically Matilda closed. But actually right before that, so my friend Urel, who was the other swing before Scott came in, he was asked to do the Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge. And they were looking for girls. And so he reached out to me because he knew that I was big into fitness and thought that I would like it. And he was like, you should submit a tape and you should audition. I was like, okay, but I'm in Thailand and I can't really do that right now, (laughs) but I'll try to like make some sort of video. So I like just did like weird clips. It was like a terrible, terrible audition video. Like, but I was like, okay, who knows? And I didn't get it. But the girl that they used, like couldn't physically actually do it. They were like, uh, they were training and doing all kinds of drills and stuff before it was time to actually go do the show. And she actually dropped out. So then Ural called me and was like, we need someone like right now. I'm like talking to casting. Like, can you just send like, we'll make a video together. Like, let's just send something like really quick. And so we did that. We went rock climbing and we like made something. And then they're like, yeah, you're going to do it. So then I went to Atlanta like the next week. (laughs) Was that as hard as it looked? (laughs) It was crazy. Honestly, it wasn't hard. I think the hardest part about it was that it was happening at like the, it was happening at like 3 a.m. to like 6 a.m. Like that's when the race was going on. So it was just like your sleep schedule was all messed up. So you were just exhausted. Not only were you like doing these crazy, crazy things that you had no idea what you're doing until you got there, but it was like, it was 4 a.m. and you're trying to do this. And and it was freezing. And I was just like, this is crazy. Heather, you've had such a such a varied career. Obviously, you're doing so many different musicals. You're playing leads. You're swinging. You're you know doing fitness. You are training dancers. You are you know uh, you're you're doing so much. What what do you want to happen next? What would you like the next big thing to be? Honestly, I always say like I just want to keep working. Yeah. I I would love like 
I love being on stage. The stage is still my best friend. Like I would love to be back in the Schubert theater. <laughs> no, but no, let's will it. We're willing it. That's <laughs> all. That's all we can do this year is just like, will it, will the thing you want? Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, stay consistent in my career and be able to come back to Broadway until I, until I don't want to do it anymore, which I don't know that I'll, I'll ever not want to do it anymore, but and if people want to train with you for fitness stuff, I'm assuming you're doing that online and right now and people can do that. Yes, I'm always down to train. I've done a couple like different workshops for dance and I can do fitness as well. I'm still training. I train in person right now at Orange Theory Fitness. So, oh my God. So, where can people, uh, before we do Obsessed and Quick Fire, where can people follow you if they want to, you know, get, get tight and right in 2021? Yeah. I mean, my, Instagram is at T-E-E-P-E-S. Awesome. All right. Heather TB, what are you obsessed with this week? This week, Shark Tank. (laughs) (laughs) I love me some Shark Tank. I know. It's it's the only thing we've been watching. It's It's terrible. I mean, (laughs) you can't watch multiple episodes back to back, but I'm I'm impressed. All right. My obsession is actually a Broadway podcast network thing. Um, It's a uh, a podcast about the musical Carrie called Out for Blood. It is so well done. Uh, Check it out if you love podcasts. And if you love flop musicals, you can just go to the Broadway (laughs) podcast network website. Um, It's called Out for Blood and you can find it everywhere. Okay. Are you ready for the Broadway Workshop quick fire questions? I hope so. Okay. (laughs) What's your middle name? Joanne. First audition song? Born to Entertain. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. First Broadway show you saw? Lion King. If you can go back in time and do one performance of anything, what would it be? Ruthless. What do you want in your bagel? In my bagel? Like on it. Cream, cheese, and tomato. You don't eat bagels. I can, I can tell. <laughs> okay. Who was your favorite trunch bowl? Oh, Bertie. Okay. God, he's so good. He's, he's so on good. this Netflix series. He scared me multiple times in my dressing room, by the way. But I'm sure. Um, being, being trunch bowl. Okay. <laughs> Strangest fan interaction? Mm, I don't know. That's hard. I don't think I've had a, that crazy of a fan interaction. That's okay. Go to album for a car trip. Go-to album for a car trip. Um, probably Mean Girls. One show you'll never get over not getting? Billy Elliot, but I did get it. Did, get it. <laughs> did, <laughs> did you watch The Grinch live? I did, after the fact, but I did watch it. Okay. <laughs> have you been, oh, we answered this. Have you been to school play? I thought your answer was going to be no. Um, <laughs> how many times do you work out a week? Mm, a lot. <laughs> like seven days a week. What is the name? Of- I usually give myself one day off. All right, I one do day like off. eight hours a week. Okay. I'll say that. That, that seems fine. Like shows, you know? Like um, Yeah, like shows. What is the name of Mama Rose's dog? Mama Rose. Oh, what? Mama Rose has a dog in Gypsy. What is the dog's Chow? name? Chow. Chowsy. Okay, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you do Survivor? Um, no, I would do The Amazing Race. Okay. Um, I want Blank Movie to be a musical. Um, 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched um, Harry. Oh, Harry Potter's already musical. <laughs> really? It could be a. Well, we can go with Harry Potter. Okay. What? I haven't seen it yet. What child role should Patty Lapone play in Matilda? Which of those maggots should Patty Lapone play? Bruce. 
Can you name two Real Housewives? No. First celebrity <laughs> crush? Okay, the little kid in School of Rock. Remember the little drummer boy? Okay. I was obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> did you audition for 13? I did. Okay. And like got cut right away. All right. Well, that was their mistake. Um, if you can go back in time and see any Broadway show any year, what would it be? My Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Who makes you starstruck? Um, I don't think I really get starstruck. All right. You're cool. I kind of envy that about you. All right. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Mm-hmm. Sour Patch Watermelons. Okay. You don't look like you eat candy. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen a ghost? Yes, I have. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. We'll, we'll bring you on for the <laughs> I ghost think podcast. Times. Um, are, Wait, you wrote All that. right. I think some people are more in tune than others. So I, I believe you. What is your Starbucks order? I'm not a big coffee drinker, but it was the the cloud, the like cloud that they had, which I don't think they have anymore because I asked for it the other day and they were like, we don't make that. And I was very upset, but I'm a tea okay. drinker. Loose leaf. All right. Loose leaf tea. Do you do any impressions? No. Not even <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> have you ever left a show at intermission? Have I left a show at intermission? Like I you're seeing a show it. and you're like, gotta yeah, go. I okay. have. There's one. It's, yeah. I mean, you could tell us. Only one. I, it was uh, King George. It was the play. It was, oh, yeah. like, I, it was opening night, actually. I got to be honest. I slept through the entire first act of that show. And I was into it. But I slept through all of it and woke up like yeah. mid uh, eating a Ferrero Rocher. Okay. Um, two more questions. What movie can you watch over and over again? Harry Potter. What advice do you have for young dancers? Never give up and never stop training. Yes. Um, and everyone out there, you should work with Heather TPA. We're going to have her back at Broadway Workshop soon. And uh, you know where to fi- find her. I'll put your Instagram in the notes. Um, Heather, thank yes. you so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure to hear your Broadway story. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you're loving the Little Me Podcast, follow us on Instagram at Little Me Podcast and follow me at Mark Tuminelli. And uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Bye, Heather. I'll see you soon. Bye, Mark. See you soon. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at ThatTuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.